Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the Homestand Lease Podcast powered by Sports Interaction Sportsbook and Casino, your homegrown sportsbook. Bet local. I'm your host, Albert Vartanian, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Pooney. Who will tell you why Elias Lindholm is going to change lives in Vancouver. Well, on today's show, what was that NHL All-Star draft and what the NHL needs to do to fix it? The Canucks, they set the tone ahead of the trade deadline. But what does it mean for the Leafs? And Todd McClellan is out of a job. How would he look behind a bench in Toronto? Lots to get to. Let's get this thing started. I'm Albert Vartanian. He's Justin Pooney. And this is Homestand Leafs. Justin Pooney, the NHL, held its first NHL fantasy all-star draft. The first mm-hmm. one since 2015. It's kind of divided opinion a little bit. I watched it. Okay, I watched half of it. Then I put it on mute because I didn't want to hear anything else that was coming out of these guys' mouths. And it was just kind of an absolute disaster. But let's dissect it. Let's talk about it a bit. Okay. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Indifferent? How would you feel about it? The idea is good. The After that, it was horrible. The production was horrible. Them skating to get the jersey was The idea was is good, stupid. but everything after is like, garbage. Like, Remember how it was before? It was like in some like ballroom where like the guys were wearing suits and walk out. Like that was kind of cool. I'm pretty right? sure they were drunk as well. Yeah, pretty pretty much. These guys were not drunk. Like you know Brady Kachuk swinging his legs and stuff like that from the bench. Like come on, man. Like I just didn't like the whole thing. Like they were just standing on a platform. I, it was very like you could have done it in a better venue. It didn't have to be at Scotia Bank Arena. It could have been in a smaller venue, somewhere more intimate. It could have been done like at a theater or whatever. Something just a lot better. It it wasn't a very I just felt it was they tried to do way too much and blow it way out of proportion. They tried to make it way more difficult than it had to be. Also, shout out to Cindy Crosby for knowing the event was going to be garbage and bouncing out and staying in Montana, skating at an outdoor rink instead of doing that. And then they got to the beautiful Timbits hockey moment or whatever. But I wasn't a fan of it, Albert. Like you said, I, I watched it uh, to see what was going to happen. It was kind of predictable. Every captain picked guys from their team or whatever, um, except Elias Lindholm, who was just the newly... A newly acquired member of the Canucks was not a member yeah. of Team Hughes. Uh, Matthews picked all of his boys. Uh, Will Arnett was the dud of the night wearing a uh, Toronto Maple Leafs hat. Like, hey, look at me. I'm a Leafs fan, even though I'm with the two best players from the Edmonton Oilers. Like, I love this random beef you have with Will Arnett now. Because he wore a Leafs hat. It pissed me off. He's a Leafs fan. It just pissed me off. Why do you think he was there? I don't know. It just you think he's me there off. because he's an A-list celebrity? No, not anymore. Not really. Yeah. Well, okay, let's get to celebrities. I okay. thought, uh, okay, Biebs makes sense that Tate McRae Makes sense, Arnett, whatever. But I mean, Michael Bublé. Like, I love Michael Bublé, but who are you catering to, NHL? Like forty and fifty year olds? They had Tate McRae. No, but I'm just like being serious. Like, I love Michael Bublé, and he was trying to keep that thing alive. I thought he was probably the best of the bunch. Oh, he was. He was a star of the show. And yeah, exactly. In terms of the celebrity, so credit to him for that. But who are you trying to market the game to? Kids? The elderly? Because it's it's one or the other. There's no in between there. There was no like. When Michael I looked at Buck it, Buble. like I saw a video on uh, social media after Tate McRae and Kale McCarr, and it just looked so cringe. Like it was just everybody. So, they were very awkward. Yeah, it was very like awkward. Nobody seemed comfortable. Austin Matthews said that he wanted to actually, you know, inject a storyline where the Hughes team took Mitch Martin and they worked out a trade, but then the 
apparently got nixed or whatever. Like it just it didn't make any sense. It looked very staged. It looked very like overproduced, overperformed. There's personality in those guys. You just gotta put it in a setting where uh, it can come out. And I just feel like at Sunrise, at Scotiabank Arena, all these cameras on them. It just didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, and I believe that the it's like I like the idea a lot, but just there's so many different ways you can go about it to make it cooler. It wasn't cool, like you met, like you mentioned, Will Arnett, Michael Bublé, Bieber, and Tate McRae, the most random group of celebrities all assembled. The most exactly, you have a 20 year old like TikTok star singer who just blew you up. Bieber, one of the most recognizable people in the world, mm -hmm. and then Will Arnett and. And Michael Bublé for the elderly. Like I just that didn't hey, really make Michael any sense Bublé's to me. Michael Bublé is not for the elderly. I'm just the, being serious. I'm just I'm saying what Bublé it is right now, man. The draft is cool. Yeah. The mic situation was a mess. Yeah. Everybody has a live mic, and then Drysaddle's like holding it. Like it was just, it was a bit much. So from mm -hmm. a production level, it wasn't great. I will say, keep the draft. I think follow kind of what the NBA does. You know, they bring on the captains of the teams onto NBA on TNT. Mm -hmm. And they do it that way, which I enjoy. I think yeah. with hockey, what you should do, if I'm the NHL, this is exactly what I do. Keep the draft. You get your captains. You partner up with Spit and Chicklets. Yeah, hey, yeah. Because the players love going on that podcast and talking, and they're so open and, and free. Let them run that. Or and even have TNT. Them make, even TNT. Well, no, no. Do it on Spit and Chicklets, where it's like no holds barred. You can say whatever you want, have a good time. Yeah. And you're making the picks, like on a couch or whatever, however they do it. I think that's probably the best way to do it. Don't partner up necessarily, like, with spitting chicklets because you might take away from what the, the chicklets guys do do. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, put the captains together, have Biz and Whitney and RA and those guys chirping oh. the players and vice versa. That's entertaining. And it doesn't have to be this huge spectacle at an arena where the crowd wasn't really even into it. Like how, how much can you actually be into something like that? Hey, if, they want they could have homestead and leafs me and you will host the next proceedings next year at the all-star game we'll host the draft I you think, want to shout out uh, john bucci girl, yeah so, shout out huh? to bucci he did a good job but look i think we can do a better job on the canadian aspect of it so hey nhl you know we're, we're gonna be free yeah. next uh february wherever the hell the all-star game is next yeah. year if you want us to call us uh, we'll definitely uh, help out a uh, lot of awkwardness though like there was a one-on-one -on -one with david amber and mitch marner yeah. and he, marner wanted nothing to do with it he felt so weird. And he, it even made Amber kind of feel weird. It's You can't put these guys in those positions. There's personality there, 100%. Mm -hmm. If you listen to some of these podcasts, these guys have a ton of personality. You, uh, it just depends on the setting. Did you shed a tear when they played tribute to the 67 Leafs? No, I didn't shed a tear. It was a nice oh, touch. But shout out to the PWHL 3-on-3 three three so showcase. I watched that. That was electric, and the yeah, building was, was filled for that too. Um, but yeah, for the draft, better celebrity. Drake was even reposting it on his story on Instagram last night, but he was saying... Poppy, P-A-P-P-Y, not P-A-P-I. What do you mean, so, Poppy? And he was calling Austin, referring to Austin Matthews Poppy on his Instagram. Oh, Twitter, Pappy. But he was spelling it wrong, right? But uh, That tells you everything you need to know. He was also shouting out Justin Bieber for the work he did. And look, the having, uh, you know how we kind of crapped on the jerseys? I, I didn't mind them now that I saw them on TV. They weren't bad. Yeah, on ice they're fine. Yeah, they weren't bad. Okay, I got one more beef with it. What? And uh, it's just like the Leafs players and the Canucks players taking their players. The point of the All-Star game is to mix it up a bit. You knew that was going to happen. Like, do I really want to see Matthews, Nylander, Marner, and Morgan Riley play together again? You see Why? every other night. You got to switch up. They got to they gotta figure something out where you can only have max I'm one or two you. teammates on your team. I'm telling you Maybe this doesn't matter. Listen, maybe this doesn't matter at all. I'm not probably not even going to watch the All-Star game. I'll watch the skills competition tonight, which is happening Friday night. We're filming this on a Friday at 1.22 mm -hmm. p.m. Eastern time here in Toronto. But... I want to see, like, Matthews with, like, Kucherov or Pastrana or whatever the case may be. Not all the same players on the same team again. Look, I, I, you knew what was going to happen. Mix it up. And I've been a big proponent of 
doing North America versus U- Europe or international, right? Break it up like that. Yeah, you again. can definitely do that. That makes it more interesting. Then you get to see guys like McDavid and Matthews on the same team, right? You could see Drysdale Kucherov on the same line. You could see, you know, Pedersen and Nylander play together, right? You can see all. It changes it up. It changes the dynamic up. Um, I like the three-on-three. Three. It's going to be your typical All-Star game. I've watched the All-Star game every year. Um, I just, For some reason, I just love it. I feel like it brings me back to my childhood. You love the game. All-Star game. I do. Um, I o- I'll always watch the NBA and NHL All-Star games. It's just something that I like. I always watch the skills competitions. And I always watch the games for both. Just because it reminds me of my childhood in some sort of nostalgic way. The yeah. game itself, no, get it. it's not the same as what it used to be. Although I do, I will say the three-on-three three aspect is really good. Um, and the other thing is, like, I live downtown in Toronto, and the vibe in the city is a lot more, you know, different. You can tell that, you know, the festivities are in the air and stuff like that. So I think if the NA, the NHL should really take notice and put, I know you want to grow the game everywhere, but sometimes putting the game in these markets, like Canadian markets or big U.S. markets, might be the way to go because it just the vibe is so much better. Um, you know, it, you could feel the energy and the electricity in the city, right? And I think that's a great thing for the NHL to grow the game. Yeah. We'll see. We'll I'm see. happy that they changed the skills competition. I was turned off by it last year. Yeah. In Florida, we're like shooting at surfboards. And yeah, was yeah. it in Florida, Vegas? Uh, it was in Florida last year, Vegas the year before. That's right. In Vegas, they were shooting like in the fountains. From like the top of the yeah, thing and the fountains. Yeah. Just keep it Dude, simple. That's everyone, what this everyone year Everyone was saying, oh, they, they got to make it creative for the kids. When I was a kid, it was just back to basics. Yeah. It was hardest shot. It was accuracy. It was the, the shootout. And the, the, breakaway, the breakaway challenge. The breakaway challenge. Yeah. And like as a kid, you love that. Yeah. You don't need to go over the top. I don't think you do. No. And now they've gone back to basics. It's all the stars. And they added a million, uh, million dollars to the yeah. to the winner. Which, think, look, that's I'm, that's how you do it, man. Yeah. That's how you get, I think, stars wanting to be there. Yeah, you got to keep it simple. Keep it to the, the best of the best doing what exactly you do. The don't make it gimmicky. You're not going to make... Like what made the slam dunk contest so great in basketball? When guys kept it simple, Michael Jordan jumping from the free throw line that nobody ever saw. Vince Carter, the reverse 360 windmill, right? Keeping it simple. Yeah, the gimmicks get a little like pub here and there, but when you keep it simple and you let the guys really showcase their true talent, that's what's going to sell the game. That's what's going to grow the game. That's what everybody wants to see. Yeah, you want to see the best against the yeah. best, and that's what we're going to get. Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll talk about skills competition, but we have some trades to talk about. Yes. Lindholm to the Canucks. Tanev could be moving. We don't know where. Possibly the Leafs. Monaghan has now moved from Montreal. And what do the Leafs do? we got to talk about the Leafs and figure out, you know, with all these moves happening, where do they sit in terms of what's going to happen at the trade deadline? Homestand Leafs is powered by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sportsbook featuring custom same-game parlays and prop bets you won't find anywhere else. So why bet with one of those American companies that don't know anything about your teams, players, or games that matter to you? Sports Interaction, your homegrown sportsbook. Bet local. All right, so the Vancouver Canucks move first, the biggest move so far ahead of the trade deadline, right before the All-Star break as well, the official All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Elias Lindholm goes from Calgary to Vancouver for Andre Kuzmenko on Wednesday. Uh, Calgary also received Vancouver's first rounder, a conditional fourth, and some prospects. Great move for Vancouver. This is the Jim Rutherford coming out and saying, we're all in, we're taking the best guy who's mm-hmm. available, and let's move forward, let's try and win a cup. Well, look, Elias Lindholm was the number one bullet player on the trade board, right? And Jim Rutherford said yesterday when he was doing media availability that 30 games into the season, that was the guy they wanted, Elias Lindholm, because they knew Calgary was going to rebuild. They knew Calgary was going to start selling off assets. And look, they already have a good report because they got Zadorov in, what was that, in November, December, they got yeah. acquired Zadorov as well. So 
When I saw this move, Albert, I was at the mall. I was at Eden Center, and I literally looked at my phone and started to had the biggest smile. I was walking around like a complete idiot at Eden Center with the biggest smile on my face because this is a win-now move. This is a move where you get a guy in Elias Lindholm who was a Selkie finalist a couple years ago. He was the center of the best line in hockey with Kachuk and Goudreau at his flanks. Now he's fallen off this past couple years because he's been playing with lesser players. He's playing with the... I forget what his name is. Shev, not Shevchenko. Saren Govich, I think yeah. his name is on Calgary. Shiragovich. Yeah, right? So he's been playing with a lot less. But now he gets injected into a playoff race. The best team in the league gets to play with his countryman, Elias Patterson. Um, he will either play on the wing or the center. And this is what the biggest key was. Yes, you lose Andre Kuzmenko, a guy who scored 39 goals last year. But it was evident, clear as day, that Kuzmenko was not a Rick Tockett type of guy. They tried as hard as they could to make it work this season. Healthy scratches. Even the agents came out and said he wants to make it work in Vancouver. But he just could not play the way Tockett wanted him to play. So you move him out. You bring in a guy that can, a right shot centerman who can play center or the wing. That right there, now the Canucks could have the potential to stack their three centers as Miller, Pedersen, and Lindholm, and then, or they can shift, you know, Pedersen and Lindholm together alongside Miller and Besser. There's so many interchangeable parts there for the Canucks. A massive win. And here's the other thing they want to re sign him. Patrick Alvin and Jim Arthur want to re sign him. We don't know what that's going to cost, but if he comes in and he performs well, even as a rental, this is a win now move for a team that is going for the Stanley Cup. And as a Canucks fan, Albert, this is exactly the type of move that puts a smile to your face because this franchise has been in dysfunction for 10 years previously, right? And now you're finally seeing them make these smart hockey moves. And it was good for Calgary too. They got two prospects in Yoni Yermo and Hunter Bruskevich, uh, who uh, is leading the OHL in scoring for defensemen and a first-round pick, which is going to be later on in the first round, conditional fourth round that could be a third-round pick if the Canucks make the conference. Yeah, this works both ways because Manko's a good player too. Like, let's let's not forget that. Um, This is just one of those moves that that sets the tone, I think, for the rest of the Mm. NHL. And it was followed up today on this Friday by the Winnipeg Jets, who acquire Sean Monaghan, who's been on the the block for a while, from the Montreal Canadiens, mm-hmm. for a first rounder, first rounder, and a conditional third round pick. That's a lot. That is a lot for Sean Monaghan, who's mm-hmm. likely to play what on the second or third line, most likely. Well, yeah, we were talking about earlier about um, the, the line combinations. Of Winnipeg again, another team that's They're deep loaded. down the middle. Now. They're deep down the middle. Shifley, Monaghan, Lowry, Nemestikov, right? We look at the Leaf situation at center too, right? Tying it back to Leaf. When you're a team that's in win now or going for it, what do you have to have? It's like the spine of your team. You have to have solid goaltending, defense, and centers. That's what's going to be the foundation of your team. And right now, when you look at the Western Conference teams like the Canucks and the Jets, what do they have? They have a strong, at least three or four centers on their roster. They have a, there's, yeah, superstar defensemen on either team and good goaltending, but the spine of the team is intact. And I believe that's what you're looking at. And a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, as much upfront talent as they have, they don't have that strong spine down the middle of their lineup. And I believe that is a big key that they have to address. And we don't know if they're going to be able to address it. You, you brought up Sean Monahan potentially coming to the Leafs last podcast, right? It'd be and too much for the Leafs to give up. It'd be too much for them to pay because it'd be in division as well. But tying it back to the Leafs is, Albert, instead of all this flash and dash that they've been doing, maybe, just maybe, look at the teams that win and figure out that, hey, be strong down the middle. That's how we're going to win games. That's how we're going to be successful, right? And I, that these moves the last couple of days we've seen strengthens that, you know, that argument is that you need to be strong at center and defense and at goaltending. I think no, that, totally. And I think they understand that. They're up yeah. against the cap. I think at some point I have a feeling we'll see Nylander play center and Tavares drop down as a third-line center and mm-hmm. maybe Camp uh, 
in the fourth line. You put Domi uh, on the wing. Depends what happens. Yeah. But there was no there was no way with the only first round draft pick that the Leafs have that they were going to give it up for a Sean Monahan. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't going to happen. But they need to. Like, I mean, they don't need to make a move. They should. I mean, in my opinion, like I've said before, in this era right now with Austin Matthews and, and the rest of the four, you got to take advantage of it. If you look at the East, right, if if the Toronto Maple Leafs played in the Metro, they'd probably be top of that division. And who, who are you really afraid of in the East outside of Boston and Florida? Now, Carolina's got goaltending problems. They can never get over the line. The Rangers don't look great. So it, you're going to have to face off some of the best I, teams I, in the playoffs. I push but back on that a little bit, though. The Leafs can make a run if if they make a decision uh-huh. and make the right moves. I, I kind of push back on that narrative. You think a team like Carolina, yeah, I know they have goaltending I'm not problems. dismissing them. Carolina is one of those teams that most likely make the conference final exactly. again, but won't get past it because of goaltending. But uh, you look at their, you know, they have, you know, Seth Jarvis, Cockney Nekis, and Jordan Stahl. Yeah. I mean, they're not world beaters, but, no. you know, but then they got their defense core is good. Right, they have a really good defense core, and they have a good coach. And we can't underestimate this: the having Rod Brindamore as a coach and the culture he's built in Carolina. Right, right? Um, it's just going to be interesting when I look at the Leafs and what they're going to do because you look at Chris Tanev and all the reports are indicating that that's the Leafs' main target. That's the guy they want. But the price right now is a second round pick plus another asset. But the Leafs don't have a second round pick till the next four years. Right, so do is it worth for Bradtree living? To give up another first-round pick for a defenseman who could potentially just be a pure rental, you gotta sign and, and then we look at it. Does Chris Tanev make this defense core? You know, does it make them any closer to beating the likes of Florida or Boston or anything like that? Like, I don't know if that move makes. No, sense. it tightens them up in the back because they're super thin at the back end. It does. I was telling you off air. I'm like, if you're going for Tanev, you might as well try and go for Hannafin as well and, and see if you get some it's guarantees that he would sign you as well. It'd be a lot. Like you're giving up a first rounder. I think I said, you know, maybe Lilgren and. Nick Robertson potentially nice and maybe a prospect. It's a lot, but listen, if you want to, if you want to challenge now, because now's the time, then these are the moves you have to make. I mean, you don't want to mortgage the entire future, but that's the decision Tree Living's going to have to make. You're Vancouver at it. has set the tone, yeah, and so it's either you know catch up or or just stand still. But again, we back to the discussion we had a couple weeks ago. Maybe it just makes the most sense to stand still right now. Right? But why because does that? Why? Why does that make the most sense? It, to, to me, it makes the most sense because look, you have your 2024 first round pick. You don't have one next year. You don't have a second round next year as well, right? You have the Islanders third round pick this year. You got a couple. You got a fourth and a couple fifths, right? The Toronto Maple Leafs prospect cupboard is bare, right? You got Fraser Midden and Easton Cowan, and that's yeah, really Topi about Yamala it. Yeah, Topi and Dennis Hildeby. There's there's pieces there. There's pieces, but again, a lot of them are unproven, right? Then you have Nyes and well, that's, that's what a prospect is. Exactly, uh, they're unproven. You're paying for potential. But then you look at the actual roster. Who is really attractive other than a, a Matthew Nyes that somebody wants to take, right? Because in this in this situation, for all the players we put out that the Leafs want to get, what are they giving up, and how do other teams value those commodities? Right, the first round pick holds some weight because it's going to be, you know, you're going to slot into a 20th pick. But the teams really believe that, you know, Matthew Nyes is worth, you know, that. And it's very interesting to see how these trade talks, you know, pan out and how other teams view the Leafs' assets, especially player-wise. How do they view them shaping up against other teams across the NHL board? And that, to me, is the most intriguing thing, especially going uh, with Bradtree living on how. The negotiations go because they're not they're the Leafs are kind of behind the eight ball. They're up the cap. They're up against the cap. They don't have a whole lot of draft capital. Uh, their prospect pool is again, it's there's pieces there, but it's not super deep, right? Again, back to the Canucks. They were able to get rid of two prospects because 
they weren't going to play ever for the Canucks because they were both offensive defensemen, but you have the best offensive defenseman in hockey that's locked up for a while. You still kept Vlander, who's your first-round pick from this past year. You kept um, the first-round pick from the year before, the other Swedish forward, and then you still have guys like Pod Colson in the minors and stuff like that. So when you have... When you're operating from a position of strength where you can give up prospects, that puts you ahead of the eight ball. The Leafs right now, they are so far behind the eight ball because they've been going for going for every year that yeah. now they don't really have much to give up anymore no. for a guy like Chris Tanev. And the thing is, too, like you go after Tanev, let's say another defenseman, mm-hmm. another forward, you still have question marks around goaltending. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot. Exactly. But I think there's definitely a move to be made. What that is, I don't know. I mean, if they had the second-round pick, I think they probably would have given whatever they can for Tanev already. But like you said, does Tanev really move the needle? He's a pretty injury-prone guy himself. Mm-hmm. But he just seems like the right fit. This is exactly what the Toronto Maple Leafs mm-hmm. do. Um, okay, let's take another quick break. And after the break, we'll talk about Todd McClellan. He was just yes. fired by the LA Kings. Uh, what does that mean for the coaching carousel? Do the Leafs look at that? And now you have McClellan out there, Quenville's out there, Woodcroft's out there, uh, Barube's out there mm-hmm. who could land with the Los Angeles Kings. So we'll talk about that and the skills competition. We got some bets for that. All right, Justin, so some more breaking news mm-hmm. on this Friday. Todd McClellan, yes. surprisingly, in my opinion, fired by the L.A. Kings, uh, fired after five seasons. They've lost 14 of their last 17 heading into the All-Star break. Everyone's blaming PLD, Pierre-Luc Dubois. <laughs> um, I don't understand this. I thought they should have kept him. I didn't think they were ever going to fire him because he's an amazing coach. And you don't just become dumb overnight. Like, you don't just not know how to coach. Obviously, there's a, an issue in that dressing room. Drew Doughty has talked about it. Seems like it's unraveling. But now, in terms of available coaches, you got another guy who's who should be at the top of the list for teams looking for a coach, including the Toronto Maple Leafs, if they decide to move on from Sheldon Keefe this season. Yeah, look, I think Todd McClellan is a very good NHL coach. You know, he's done well. Uh, of course, from his time in San Jose with the Thornton, Marlowe uh, era there. Then he goes to, of course, Edmonton, and they kind of get that first playoff run going, and then it kind of went out of favor. And then he comes to L.A., and that was a very quick rebuild from for L.A., right? They rebuilt that team again very well. Rob Blake's done a great job. But again, they don't have the right goaltending. They bring it. They give up a whole lot for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, it just hasn't worked out. This team, again, like you mentioned, they've lost 14 of their last 16 games. Crazy. Right? This team was expected to... You know, push for the lead in the Pacific Division this year. They've, you know, they've battled with Edmonton in the playoffs the last two years, and they've lost. But it's those series could have gone either way those last two playoff uh, years, right? Um, and I thought this year going into, it, I thought LA would be, you know, the best team in the Pacific. But well, for whatever reason, trending in right that direction, they, they were on. right. But it just it didn't work out that way. And again, it's easier to get rid of the coach than it is to get rid of the players, right? You can't get rid of Pierre Luc Dubois. You just signed to a fat new <laughs> yeah, contract extension. Anywhere. Right. Um, and look, I we've talked about off air. I think Craig Berube is a slam dunk fit for the LA Kings because why? We're hearing about locker room issues and culture and stuff like that. He will get the ship right in LA, and I believe that he's a guy that would come in there, and especially for a guy like Pierre Luc Dubois, who again bounced or has bounced around a lot in his young career, has a whole lot of talent, but just never really lives up to. It. He shows it off in glimpses. I think if you get a guy like Craig Berube in LA. He can get all those guys on the same mindset, the same page, and especially hold guys like Pierre-Luc Dubois accountable. Yeah. Now, he had that in Columbus with Torts and how'd that work out with him? He wanted out real quick. Um, but I think Craig Berube would be the best fit for the Los Angeles Kings, a team that you think uh, is somehow going to turn it around the second half of the season and play much better. Yeah, they're a sleeping giant. I think, listen, they, they look back at their goaltending. It's like, mm-hmm. give me a save here. 
That's how bad it is in terms of the goaltending for Los Angeles. So Corpusalo's out. Uh, not Corpus Allo, excuse me, Ta- Cam Talbot, David Riddick, Phoenix Copley. That's not a great trio. I mean, no. I think if you're the Kings, you have all the pieces, I think, to win a Stanley Cup. You have the veteran leadership. you got some really good players, some young players, and Kevin Fiala, Deneau's a really good player. Kopitar's still playing well. Quinton Mike- Byfield. Byfield, Mikey Anderson, Drew Doughty. These are all really good players. You just need the goaltending. And if I'm the Kings right now, you go out, you get the best coach available, which is probably Barube, mm-hmm. you know, according to me and you anyway. And then you go out and get a goaltender. You go to Calgary and say, how much is it going to cost to to get Jacob Markstrom? Or what what he, does he make? Six million? Something Six like that? Six million, yeah. That's probably the best no available goalie baseball, at the man. moment. Listen, you can make a run with this team. They need the goaltending and they need the coach. I'm looking at, I don't want to bag on Pierre-Luc Dubois right now, but I'm looking at the, uh, the stats for the LA Kings. Guess his plus minus. Minus 12. Minus 16. Oh, there you go. You know who's next on the team? Kevin Fiala, minus six. Yeah. That's a big, big, big discrepancy right there. But listen, I mean, everyone's dogging on Dubois, and I get it. He he has a pretty tough history when it comes to these things. Yeah. But one player can't bring down the entire team. There's more to that story than just the one player. It's true. One player can ruin the chemistry in a dressing room. Yeah, he can, but there's nothing you can do about it. Were you going to buy him out? No, you, not you're happening. stuck with Pierre-Luc Dubois now. You, you, you got into bed with him, and you're stuck with him now. You can't. Okay, so let me ask you this. If you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, yes. um, I think it's unlikely that Keefe loses his job. I think he probably keeps it until mm-hmm. the playoffs, and he has the playoffs to prove his right. worth. I think that's where they're at with, with Sheldon Keefe. But does this, you know, maybe change the minds of Bradtree Living and Brendan Shanahan with Todd McClellan out there <sighs> and Woodcroft out there and Barube out there and – possibly Joe Quenville out there, that there's some legitimate coaches mm-hmm. floating around that maybe this would be a good time to, to move on from Keith if, if you're planning on not keeping him regardless of what happens in the playoffs. There's two schools of thought I have on this. Is One, do you go back to the, the recycle heap and just grab another guy like a Todd McCullen and throw him in and see if it works? Or do you go young and innovative, right? They did that with Sheldon Keefe, right? They got that with him and Dubas. They got the two young, the young head coach, the young GM. They kind of paired them together. And it's done well for this has been the most successful era in Leafs hockey, would you say? Not playoff wise, but regular season wise, you know, in a very long time. Um, I think that if you're gonna fire Sheldon Keefe, you really have to sit there and think and be like, okay, Brad Tree Living, Brandon Shannon, you're here for Brad's contract is for X amount of years. How do we align a coach that plays the way he wants to play? Because right now, the way I see the Leafs play is there's Tree Living's method of playing and there's Keefe's method of playing. They're not on the same page, right? I don't see them meshing. And then on top of that, you have Brendan Shanahan who's getting stuff from ownership and wants the team a certain way. There's no cohesiveness between the three levels, right? And you're seeing that on the ice with the Toronto Maple Leafs. That there's no real cohesion minus Austin Matthews, again, putting on Superman cape every night and saving them. Um, I think that if you're going to fire Sheldon Keefe, okay, fine. But you have to make the right decision on what coach you think will get the most out of your players that you are committed to long-term. So if that is William Nylander and that is Austin Matthews and that maybe is Mitch Marner and Morgan Riley or whomever, you have to find the right coach that will get the best out of those players. Um, we talk about accountability. I think that's a big thing. I don't see Joel, Joel Quenville. I don't see Jay Woodcroft. Uh, maybe Todd McClellan. Again, I thought a guy like Craig Brewery would be a great fit for Toronto. But then maybe, you know, do you just find somebody else out there in the hockey world that fits the best? So, again, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what goes on with the Leafs um, and their head coaching search, potentially. And let's be real. Like, a coach coming in is not going to change the way this Leaf team is playing, right? When no. you have the goaltending that's had issues, the yeah. defense is thin, you're not getting secondary scoring, you're relying on 
your stud superstar to keep you in the game. And I don't think a coach can really change that. There's a lot more that needs to be done to this roster. Mm-hmm. But if you plan on making some drastic changes, I think moving forward into this offseason, then maybe that begins with a new coach. And you're like, this is the plan. We're we're, we're moving on from Mitch Marner. We're opening up that salary. Tavares is coming off the books. You're going to have a fresh slate for the next couple of seasons. Let's build this new culture here. I think if, if that's your plan, if that's mm-hmm. what you want to do and you know that right now, then maybe you just you just wait till the offseason to make a move, but you have that guy in line ready to go. I'll say this about Sheldon Keep. I guarantee you if he loses his job, he will do. He will get a land on his feet in no time whatsoever. Yeah, and this is not a Sheldon Keith's a bad coach. Not segment. at all, right? I, at all. I think Sheldon Keith has will have no problem getting another head coaching opportunity in NHL before before Todd McClellan, before Jay Woodcroft, because he has experience working in a tough market in Toronto, being successful in a tough market in Toronto, working with superstars as well. Um, I think that Sheldon Keith. Might not be the fit in Toronto, but he's definitely a fit somewhere as a head coach in the NHL. Yeah, I think so too. Sheldon is uh he's legit. He's mm-hmm. been there for a while and he's been successful in the regular season Absolutely. for a reason. I want to say like he's one of the most winningest coaches in like the regular season yeah. since he's taken over for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which Absolutely. is really impressive. Okay, quickly, you want to go over some of the skills competition stuff? Yeah. I'm actually pumped for this. Yeah, I and I haven't been for a long time. I love that it's just back to basics, dude, which I really appreciate. Right. So we're gonna do the bankroll booster? Before the bankroll booster. Before the bankroll booster. I know we're going to give out some Okay, we'll give out some bets Some afterwards. picks. Um, I'm really interested to see how these guys compete for the money, right? Because, again, money t- does talk, right? You look at you look at this situation. You look at how these you know these guys um, are going to be performing. I'm interested to see how much that plays a factor into how competitive it does get, right? Uh, I'm I think interest- it will, man. I think it will, too. Um, I like the fact that, again, it's just the simple – we talked about in the first block, the simple, straightforward – no confusing, you know, challenges or whatever, right? I really like that. Um, it's funny, though. You know, I saw on Instagram they were putting up old highlights of former skills competitions from past. And it's interesting. You look at the the hardest shot, right? Guess who the favorite is right now? Pedersen? Pedersen. Yeah. You know there's no defenseman in the top five of favorite odds for hardest shot? Mm. Think about that. Growing up as a kid, it was the Charas, the Webbers, at least for me. Chara, Weber, Brady. Subban, right? McKinnis. Adrian See, that's your your generation. is pronger bombs. Yeah. I love that Chara. But, but now it's all it's all forwards. That just shows you where the skill set is at. Um, but my favorite one is the fastest skater. I think that's the most. Is exciting. it? Yeah. That's always been my favorite one, right? That's always been my favorite one. Um, Barzell has won before. McDavid's won before. I was surprised that William Nylander is you know has the fourth best odds. Uh, on sports interaction of fastest skater. I don't see Willie ever being that type of guy to wheel around. He's like got that. wheels. He does. And when he has space, he but can fly. I don't think he's like a speed burner type of guy, right? I see him more as a guy that's kind of like a can, you know, slither through like the defense and stuff like that. But yeah. I'm super excited to see McDavid versus Barzell for fastest skater. I think that right there is going to be very, very interesting. Yeah. So you got fastest skater. You got the hardest shot. Um, passing challenge. Mm-hmm. The one timer and the one timers, yeah. yeah. And then you have there's one more, yeah. The NHL one on one with the with the goaltenders in there. Yeah. So it's a new format, like we mentioned. Uh, there's uh, it features eight events, six in the first round, one each in the second and third. Yeah. In which each player will compete for points. Each of the twelve All Star competitors will compete in four of the first six events, and they're going to earn points. And then players will get eliminated as it goes. But the stars involved: Pasternak, McKinnon, Makar, Drysaddle, McDavid, Barzell, Kucherov. Mm-hmm. Matthews, Nylander, Pedersen, Quinn Hughes, and JT Miller. A lot of love for Canucks and Leafs. How can you not love the Canucks? And the, and the Colorado Avalanche, which will, which will be great. <laughs> I love the accuracy. Yeah. That's probably be the one I'm going to be watching closely. I remember back in the day watching Ray Bork just go four for four. Every like year. Nobody's business. Like, yeah. 
which was the best. Um, but there's some value on the board. I mean, you're looking at fastest skater, McDavid, at the top of the list. It's hard not to pass on him. Hardest shot, Pedersen, mm-hmm. top of the list. Who won last year. Um, and then the one-timer thing is very interesting because you have two players who I think probably the best one-timers in the league. Austin Matthews and David Pasternak. But how much does that translate to the to a skills competition? It's, it's, it's totally different. There's no goalie. There's no screens or anything like that. But it will be interesting. I think you also forgot, you know, Pedersen is one of the best one-timers in hockey. So too. is Kucherov. So is Kucherov, right? Um, people are saying, I want to get, did you, I don't know if you saw this, but Kucherov looked so disinterested yesterday. At yeah, the, I don't I'm, blame him. He looked like he did not want to be no, there whatsoever. No, he didn't whatsoever. want to be there at all. Um, but I think, like, going back to tonight, I think tonight you're going to see the best of the best of the NHL. I think you're going to see the guys in their element. The crowd's going to be packed up. Um, it's going to be a Friday night. Guys are going to be excited. Um, I, I like this. I like this skills competition on a Friday night and then the game on a Saturday afternoon. Perfect. I like that. You know, the Sunday, you know, I, the Sunday games are always there, but I really like this Friday-Saturday aspect of it, too. I really All we're missing is uh, Fox's puck trail. That'd be, be perfect. See, also I wasn't for me. born before. I was you born missed before. the puck trail era? Yeah, man. Okay, so let's get to it. It's time for Burton Pooney's Bankroll Booster, powered mm. by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. All right, Pooney, we're going all all-star skills. What do you got? So I got a whole lot of love for the Vancouver Canucks. Elias Pettersson, of course, is going to win hardest shot. He won it last <laughs> year. He's going to win it again. He's going to go back-to-back like Jordan 96-97. He's going to do it. He's going to win. Fastest skater, I have to go with Connor McDavid. The king is coming back for his crown. He will be the fastest skater. And accuracy, Austin Matthews at plus 700. I think Austin Matthews will put on a show in front of the hometown crown, winning the most accurate shooter contest. I'm sticking to the same category. I got two for the accuracy. I go pasta plus 600, Mm -hmm. one of the best releases in the league. And I'm going Willie plus 800. He's got a good shot. I think he can win it. So we both got Leafs. I love the odds on the board at Sports Interaction, Mm -hmm. 600 and plus 800. That's been Burton Pooney's Bankroll Booster powered by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. That local. That's it from us here at Homestand Leafs. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, we drop new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find us anywhere you download your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Five stars, please. That will make Justin a very happy man. Also, if you want to send in a question, either through an email or voice message, send them to Leafs at homestandsports.com. We'll read your questions, concerns, or insults on our Friday episodes. The email, again, is leafs at homestandsports.com. For Justin Pooney, I'm Albert Vartanian, and this has been Homestand Leafs. <laughs>